Welcome to Restoration Basics. This is the Preparatory Podcast, where today we are back in the studio after a long pandemic hiatus. Today we're talking about why it's so hard to get rid of church bulletins once they're put in your scriptures. I think they're considered holy if they stay there for 30 days or more. (laughs) It's an ancient artifact. Does that reflect on my own holiness? The more bulletins I have. How good the sermon was. Oh, so if I have like a bunch of fire sermons in my Bible, I can be like, oh yeah, that that one's really good. (laughs) That that's reflecting on my spirituality. Maybe. (laughs) I'm not gonna say yes, but I'm not gonna say no either. Just Um, proving I go to church all the time, right? All right, Pharisee, get out of here. (laughs) Hey, I had one from two years ago Mm. in my scriptures, 2018. Yep. I had a list of all the homes we had visited so far. And I'm proud to say that that number has grown a lot more than the six names that were on there. Nice. Whoop, whoop. So it is a level of your spirituality. (laughs) (laughs) If you keep track, yes. Just list your sins out on those church bulletins and they'll go away. Yeah, perfect. It's like, never mind. Okay, let's talk about something else. Life's been a little rough lately. Getting back to normal slowly. It's, uh... Good news. I'm not saying it's gospel good news, but it's good news that life is returning back to normal. I haven't had fun during everything. I like shopping and doing things that normal people do and not just stay at home all day. I like shopping online, so I thrive. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I do that too. (laughs) It doesn't help anything. I had to shop for shoes, and I don't like shopping for shoes online because I like to try them on before I buy them. There you go. See, we're, we're getting past this just so you can try on some shoes. That's right. There we go. Get out of the way, Corona. <laughs> I need some new slides. Uh, today, uh, we're not jumping right back into the Book of Mormon. This is another kind of, I don't know what the word is, filler episode, side episode, tangent episode. Bonus. Bonus episode. Bonus episode. That's a, that's a more uplifting word. I that's right. I... Congratulations. You earned a bonus. And we have some thoughts. Well, I have some thoughts. And I'm going to ask these, these two here what their thoughts are on my thoughts. So I just thought I'd ask you, what is your idea of comfortable? My definition would usually be a lack of stress. My definition is currently... For right now, I, I think of a pillow. An eternally cool pillow. Correct. No flipping. No flipping. It's always required. cold. Boom. Sounds pretty comfortable to me. Hmm. That does seem nice. <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> and I asked that because of this corona situation before. While I was in the daily nuance of work and school, um, nothing sounded better than a big break from it all where I didn't have to worry about doing my school, doing my work or going in and waking up so early. Turns out that after a few months that you kind of pretty uncomfortable with how lacking you've been. You've been being, what was the word you said, Andrew, earlier? Been being a bum. Oh, yep. Yep. A bum. (laughs) Just waking up at noon doesn't cut it too much. And then you're uncomfortable again. And then you're like, well, I really would have liked to have been productive today. And and you're kind of uncomfy. And we talked about this before. This is actually the second take of the podcast. So we're covering old ground here. New for you, old for us. That sharing the gospel with people, 
I know versus people I don't know. While sharing with people I do know that I would be much more comfortable. To, I, I tell myself that I'd be much more comfortable talking to people that I don't know and that I won't see again. And I'd be happy to lay it all out there and and really plant the seed and, and run. And then when I'm sharing with people I don't know, it's like, well, I really would like a bunch of time to be able to explain how important this is. And I don't have a lot of time. So it's it's going to be hard to really adequately sum this up and and talk to you about it or teach you. Um, and it's just this flip-flop, grass is always greener situation. So I thought we'd look at a guy in the scriptures who is kind of uncomfortable. And uh, it's found in the book of Genesis chapter 7. I'll read that real quick. It starts in verse uh, 48. The Lord is showing Enoch all the doings of the children of men. It says, Wherefore Enoch knew and looked upon the wickedness and their misery and wept and stretched forth his arms and his heart swelled wide as eternity and his bowels yearned and all eternity shook. And Enoch saw Noah also and his family that the posterity of all the sons of Noah should be saved with a temporal salvation. Wherefore Enoch saw that Noah built an ark and the Lord smiled upon it and held it in his own hand. But upon the residue of the wicked came the floods and swallowed them up. And as Enoch saw this, he had bitterness of soul and wept over his brethren and said unto the heavens, I will refuse to be comforted. And uh, Enoch was looking at this world that he lived in, that he experienced every day, and he could not find comfort in what it provided. Um, because we know that this world is, the things of this world are not comforting. They are not what we truly should be seeking out for. And I guess what I would say is that which we long for can only be found in one place. And that's the comfort that is, uh, that is back home with, with God. Um, Cause the comfort that is promised by this world is really just a hollow substitute. And it's challenging, I think, because in our worldly eyes, it's way more uncomfortable to say that's the path I'm going to take. But really it's the only path that promises true comfort. Jason, do you remember the scene in The Chosen uh, where Jesus calls Matthew? Mm -hmm. Do you remember that uh, conversation that Jesus and Peter have? Yeah, Peter's basically saying, you know, you don't realize who Matthew is. Like, he's a tax collector, blah, blah, blah. And then um, he's, I forgot how he said it. It was just like something about it not being normal or. Yeah, like, because Jesus. Because uh, uh, Jesus is talking to Peter and and he says, well, um, you thought the same thing. You thought you weren't worthy to be my disciple when I called you. Mm -hmm. And then Peter's like, well, this is different because right. Matthew's a tax collector and the tax collectors are worse than the Romans because they freely betrayed their country. And all Jesus has to say is, we'll get used to different. And uh, side note, we got into the chosen during the uh, pandemic and we haven't actually ever talked about it on here. So I just want to give a shout out to that show because it is fantastic. And if you haven't seen it, you should watch it. Yeah. Five stars. Absolutely. Six stars on a scale of five. Oh shoot. Yeah. Well, with a lot of uh, Christian media, it, it seems to be very pandering and uh, written to Christians and just, you know, it, it seems like it's not very deep and, and I just appreciate how well written the show is and how well produced it is. And so it's, it's an actual good show, but also with great scriptural truth in it, um, 
regardless of the liberties it takes, it still is something that um, I think is still very true to scripture. And you can watch it by going on your phone. They are not a sponsor, by the way. Yeah. But if they listen, we'd be happy to. Oh, yeah. Anytime. <laughs> uh, we take a sponsor. <laughs> it's, a, it's an app on your phone um, or your iPad, I believe. I don't know if it can be yeah. on other tablets, but I know it can be on They're your iPad. They're also just on YouTube. Yeah. So you could just, yeah, yeah. They streamed it for Easter, and that comes with subtitles. So that's where I watched it. That's true. Mm. Yeah. Watch it. And and the reason I use the the chosen sorry Andrew is um, that the the scriptures don't often delve into the the personal interaction. Sometimes they do the personal interactions, but they're kind of few and far between. And and even then, it's kind of a small picture. And so the chosen does a really good job of humanizing mm-hmm. um, the disciples of Jesus and and putting that into what it would really look like because the conversation just doesn't end. And then they go into the next Bible story. It's they still had to live regular life, and so. What did that look like in the day to day? And Peter um, was uncomfortable with having Matthew join the group because one, he was a tax collector. And I don't know that the scriptures specifically speak about Peter singling him out, but they do, you know, they do mention that Matthew was a tax collector and how hard that must have been for the disciples to say, hey, here's a guy who, one, betrayed our country willingly. And our Messiah still calls him like, are you sure? And if you think about it in your own life, I don't know who that would be, but who's someone where you're like, okay, if Jesus called that guy or that girl, I'd be, I'd have my dad, I'd have my doubts. Like that was the level of uncomfortable. Um, they were, um, I also recall, um, a home visit I was able to be on. And this home visit kind of happened on a fluke. I got a hold of um, a message that this gentleman had given and I wanted to know more about it. He kind of cold called his wife and I had never met either of them before. I just said, Hey, I got this, this message that you had given this sermon you had given. And I'd really like to sit down and talk to you about it. And uh, they invited us over. And so it was me and, and actually you were in Andrew's in Nepal. Um, there's a couple other friends. We sat down and we talked about that message and he explained to us the testimony and, and we heard both of their testimonies. What happened was um, they were extremely vulnerable with us. They shared things that were extremely personable or sorry, not personable, personal things that you would not tell someone you met <laughs> on the first day, but they were completely open with us. And because of that, they that their focus was never on the hard things that they had shown or shared with us, but the, the good that had come of it, it was, it was the best home visit I've ever been on. And the spirit in that room was so intoxicated, so powerful. It was like, I, I know what's happening here is a good thing. And again, it was uncomfortable. I'm sure. I, I don't know. You know, he may have shared that so many times and, and they may have shared together so many times that it's no longer uncomfortable, but the things they shared are uncomfortable topics and uncomfortable things to talk about. And, uh, and it was a real wonderful thing to experience it and to hear it and say, Whoa, this is, this is what, uh, what is, what is kind of provided once I step out into that uncomfortable realm. We all have a friend, I guess. And he posted this status. His name's Austin. We we can have him on the podcast sometime. Cause I'd like to hear his testimony. But I'm going to ask you what, you, how you read this. His status says, "Clean living gives you something that a sinful existence promises." Did you see that when he posted that? 
I think is mm-hmm. yeah, I think so. I don't I don't know what the context was behind it. I don't know if he was just thinking out loud and and thinking about his mistakes, but I I hope he doesn't mind if I broadly share. Austin left the faith just Completely. Christianity in general. Um didn't believe in God, didn't didn't do anything. He did tell me and and we haven't talked about it much, but he told me that before he did that, he didn't believe in evil people. That he just had this idea that most people were good, and and this Christian thing that we had, he had been you know raised in, grown up in, you could say shoved down his throat from one perspective of that's all he had ever known, was was lying to him and saying there's bad people out there who don't value this. And he's, when he looked around, he didn't see those people. And he said, I don't believe there's evil people. Maybe I'm really putting words in his mouth here, but he, he has told to, me the same. Yeah. Yeah. And he said, he didn't believe there was evil people until he got out in the world. And he began to do the worldly things that he desired to do that he wanted to take part in. And then he realized that, Whoa, there's some stuff that goes on out here that, that I am not comfortable with that. I thought I would be comfortable with, but this is not, not not where I want to be. And since that time, um, well, he's changed a lot and his heart's changed a lot, I think. And, and he's come back and, and he's working with us in scripture study. And, and I mean, he's involved as ever. And, and it's just a joy to be around him again. Um, but what do you think about that? Clean living gives you something that a sinful existence promises. What is your first or second or third thought on that? I definitely um, agree with that statement. Um, and, and I've, I've just been thinking while we were talking of the fact that if you pursue a comfortable life, you end up being very uncomfortable in a whole different way because like with the stay at home order, like I'm literally staying at home on a couch most of my time and my body like hurts and I'm like, usually I would think of that as a comfortable thing, but now it's like, you know, my back's always hurting. My neck's always hurting. And, um, you just, you're getting old. Well, yeah, that too. But, um, yeah, just, just being in this quote unquote comfort for so long has made, um, you know, my existence be kind of uncomfortable. Um, and I think that goes along with, um, that statement of, you know, he, he was f- following things where, you know, um, the gospel asks you to do some hard things, um, give up some things. Um, but if you want to deny that and follow th- worldly comforts, then you end up in a place where you're, you, you find yourself around evil and, um, and that's what I think is so uh, great about his testimony is like he, he kind of came back to the faith because he found evil. And, and he's like, if that exists, then there has to be something opposite to that, you know. And I think that's that's a pretty uh, powerful thing. Um, and so, yeah, I, I think we as a people really need to be aware of, you know, what we're doing there was a sermon maybe a year ago that I was listening to. And he said, if you leave the church today, just feeling warm and fuzzy and all good about yourself, then you came to church for the wrong reason. And I'm not giving the right message. 
because you should leave feeling a bit uncomfortable, a bit convicted to change. And we need to be aware of those times that we're just following what what feels good, you know, and and if if we're too comfortable all the time, it's almost like you're just lazy. And then when the true trials in life come, then you're you're not prepared to deal with it. You're not ready to, you know, go to battle if you're, you know, staying inside for four months. You're not ready to go and just work right away. You have to kind of build up to it. And so I think preparation is another big thing. And that would mean putting yourself in uncomfortable situations and putting yourself in those situations that will help you grow. But, you know, when you're younger, you have growing pains. You you ache when you're just growing. And that's not a bad thing. So there, there's my little tangent of most of the thoughts that have been running through my head so far. But I'll well, I, don't think, on. I don't think that's a tangent. I think it's really on point that just just everything that there's a lot of things that you're going to be uncomfortable with. And you kind of have to learn to be comfortable with them. But it's not as hard once you, once you apply yourself because you're like, actually, this is what I'm comfortable doing or, you know, and, and I agree with the, the thing about church that we like a watered down message that you can say, oh, yeah, that was a good one. <laughs> I like that. I like that story he shared or that testimony he shared because I don't have to change <laughs> and yeah. I can I can remain how I am. There's a there's a there's a scripture where Jesus is talking to the disciples and it's in Matthew 16. And I, and I think of this when, Jason, you mentioned there's many aspects of the gospel that are uncomfortable for us. It starts in verse 25. It says, Then Jesus said unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. And now for a man to take up his cross is to deny himself all ungodliness and every worldly lust and keep my commandments. One, that doesn't sound very fun. <laughs> and... uh well, too, it just sounds like hard work. I don't, I think our natural brain hears that and says, that's yikes. I'm not about that life. But at the same time, you know, you have the story of Jesus at the well and the woman drawing water. And uh, he says, if you drink from this well, you're going to thirst again. You're going to need more water. But those who, those who find um, their joy in Jesus, those who find a relationship with Jesus will never thirst again. You guys have any specific examples? And Jason, you kind of spoke to this a little bit, but Andrew, where you embrace the discomfort, embrace discomfortable. What's the word I'm trying to say? Uncomfortable? (laughs) Discomfortable. Uh, Embrace the discomfort. That's what I was trying to combine uncomfortable and discomfort into the same word and didn't work out. Discomfortable. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. uh, I feel like, the first thing that comes to my mind is when I went to Nepal for the first time. Um, it's the first time I left the country and it was uh, way different than anything else I'd been a part of. And so just naturally I couldn't be comfortable because I had no idea what to expect. And so for the two weeks I was blessed with two men who were fantastic partners to go with. I mean, they, they made me feel great the whole time I was there. I mean, like, uh, mentors and, and just the ministry that they brought 
made me feel more comfortable, definitely. Um, which speaks to comfort isn't coming from, or it, it speaks to where comfort actually comes from. And it, and it comes from God, you know, like it comes from um, him. I think we've talked about previously um, how, how joy, peace, and yeah, we, we, we had an episode on peace and how it, and like the world, like the quote you just said, Sam, it, it kind of offers peace sometimes, but God through clean living as the quote goes, will it will give you that peace. And it's the only way you can get real peace. Well, and the same thing comes from comfort as well. It's that it's only really offered through the kingdom and through having the spirit with you. C.S. Lewis has a quote about happiness that pretty much this is, says the same thing. He says, I find the term, the pursuit of happiness kind of ridiculous. If you pursue happiness, you're not going to find it. And uh, that's pretty much what Jason said. Uh, all that kind of summed up is that if you're looking for it, if that's your goal, you're not going to find it because the goal should be the kingdom and the kingdom will bring you to be more comfortable than anything else in your life. So that was a roundabout answer, but no, missionary I, work yeah. definitely brought me to a place where I, you you just kind of have to accept that you're not in control. Otherwise, if you can't accept that, you're not going to have a good missionary trip. Let me just tell you, people that are control freaks, sorry, but you might have to pray extra hard before you go overseas or on a mission trip because well, it's, yeah. it's uh, difficult. I mean, I'd ask you, what's the difference between a missionary trip over there and then just being a full-time missionary wherever you go in your job and so if you really have to just give up control i don't know and say hey i'm gonna do my best but god i trust you you got the wheel because i know that that's where my comfort is found yeah oh never thirst again jason do you have any other thoughts before we wrap up i know it's a short short episode um um i i i more have an example of not embracing the discomfort um and it's happened this past week. Of, so embracing comfort. Yeah. Embracing the comfort. <laughs> okay. okay. Um, and call it what it is, Jason. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, so I've been driving around, uh, independence and I've seen a lot more recently people holding up signs, you know, saying Jesus loves you. Can I pray with you type stuff? And I find that really cool. It's, you know, a simple message. And if they're able to reach someone, then that's awesome. Uh, and I, I appreciate the fact that they're not, you know, preaching fire and brimstone and stuff. And they're just saying, Jesus loves you. And, you know, can we pray together? And so twice in the past week or two, I've driven past um, different people. But and I've wanted to talk to them both times. But the first time I was like, you know, rightly so, I did have to be somewhere. But I was just like, don't have time. Can't, you know, talk to this guy. You know, I'd have to turn around and you know park somewhere and then go walk over to him like that would just you know be too much so i didn't do it and then um happened again and i literally had so much free time that day when i passed this guy and i was like i should go and it would be easy to park next to him you know but i still didn't do it and i literally ended up just driving around town doing nothing for an hour and that didn't help me at all. But I know for a fact that just with the message they were saying, if I would have gone up and prayed with this stranger, it would have had an impact on both of our lives. And whether that would fade 
in memory later on. Um, it would at least have impacted both of our days in a good way where we know that we're probably from different backgrounds. We're from different walks of life, but we can still pray together. We can uh, share in a community that loves Jesus. And, um, and and so I I now have to deal with some of the regret and I still can do this in the future, but it's just like, you know, why am I just always wanting to feel comfortable and, um, you know, not put myself out there. And it's just like, well, it's just my personality, but you know, you can change your personality. You know, it, it doesn't really mm-hmm. matter that much, but, um, so yeah, that, that's just a small example um, that came to mind when we're talking about all this. But yeah, I, I'd say just look for the opportunities to serve others and be uh, able to share the gospel. Yeah. Um, so again, I know this is a, a shorter episode, but just trying to get back in the swing of things. And Jason's working nights now, so kind of on a wonky schedule. We're going to have to yeah. get up early to do the podcast. Or Jason. Sam's going to have to get up early. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Before the, noon. I'm still on the quarantine break. Um, but as we end this one, I, I just want to encourage you to, uh, or challenge you even, um, to those listening to, to start to, start to, uh, embrace the discomfort, um, that your worldly eye sees, um, that, that vulnerability and forgiveness and, uh, giving up the harmful things you need that you, that you feel you need, but you really don't. I think you'll find you'll be truly comfortable in Christ when you when you start to step towards him, when you start to draw near unto those things. Thank you very much for listening. We'll catch you next time. Hopefully we'll be back on the Book of Mormon and things will resume as normal. Until then, God bless. Ciao.